exact, why didn't Trump give it to him? And I look at the, the, this through the prism of those documents, if he's saying they're his, maybe they're his and the government's wrong. Yeah, well, I had to text you because I saw Maggie and I just said, okay, this this lady has absolutely no idea what she's talking about. She's a little confused about everything. Well, the American people aren't confused here. We're all seeing that the FBI and the Democrats and uh, everyone on the left has been targeting President Trump for the last six years. This is just the next thing. I mean, come on, the, the, President Trump set up himself to get raided by the FBI just as an appeal to his base. That's absurd. And so when you're looking at the totality of what has gone on for the last six years, no reasonable person would not step back and say, this is yet another next thing in the line of what the Democrats are targeting President Trump with. And look, we're not hearing anything about January 6th anymore. The timing of this is so suspicious because right after Liz Cheney loses her primary and everything about the January 6th committee is going away, now this raid happens and this is the next mantra, this is the next thing that Eric Swalwell is tweeting saying the walls are closing in. Well, that was just highlighting my point from yesterday's episode. So I hope you enjoyed that. Welcome back. It's Tuesday. Uh, just in case you happen to hear thundering and lightning in the audio, it is a very stormy day here in Florida. So if you happen to hear that in the background, pay no mind to it. Maybe it'll be soothing to you, us as Floridians. We don't mind lightning and thunder. I know there are some places around the uh, country where people get kind of freaked out if that's happening. But here, when it's lightning and thundering and you're sitting on the couch, there's nothing more soothing and you just kind of want to doze off. So. <laughs> We're all in different spots here. Um, all right, gun laws. I'm going to go right into it. We talked about the Trump thing yesterday. That's going to continue for quite some time. Well, there'll be plenty of episodes that I will continue to update and wait for something big to come out and that we'll get into. From Breitbart News, Gabby Gifford's gun control group, Gifford is calling on major credit card companies to flag gun and ammunition perp- uh, purchases. Excuse me. Gifford posted a tweet on Sunday which read, The shooters in the last five mass shootings have stockpiled guns and ammo using credit cards and killed 145 people. Visa, MasterCard, and American Express have the power to flag suspicious purchases uh, and save lives. Call, Call on them to act. The tweet linked to a campaign by another gun group called Guns Down America. The Guns Down America campaign says between 07 and 2020, the killers in at least five major mass shootings used the credit cards to finance their deadly rampage. These individuals exploited the banking system to purchase large quantities of firearms and ammunition, and the financial industry has the power to stop them. So the left and any leftist group that does not like guns are going to continue to attack the Second Amendment uh, for the rest of your life. Don't think that this is going to stop anytime in the near future. Uh, It's just something they want off the table. Probably one of the main reasons why is an unarmed society is very easy to control because you really have no method of fighting back. So if they can get guns and ammunition off the table, then they can transform our society into something that they want it to be ammunition is just it's not the latest they've gone after ammunition before uh you saw where the government started buying up all the ammunition 
That way there was none on the shelves for the people. So they started stocking and storing uh, whatever they wanted to purchase at the time to create a shortage. So you would uh, find it a lot harder to get your hands on any ammunition. That was going on for quite some time, especially uh, during the pandemic times. It was hard to find all different calibers uh, of a bullet. Yeah, you, you couldn't find anything. I remember when I uh, was going and trying to buy a bunch uh, for my nine millimeter. Yeah, it was it was hard to find. I had to find like a little dealer who happened to get a, a stockpile in and I went there and bought quite a few rounds because like most people, you want plenty in the house because there are plenty of times that if you are a responsible gun owner, you go to the target range and you go and practice with the gun, which makes you a more effective uh, shooter, which you want to be if you're carrying this thing around. I don't want to pull a gun out that I have no idea how to shoot it and either A, can't shoot it because I don't know what I'm doing, or B, shoot and not hit the intended target and hit an innocent bystander. So you want to be good at what you do, and you're going to need ammunition for it. But the government's going to come after this. You know, they create shortages. They're going to come after it through laws. Right now, you know, the socialist thing is uh, public-private partnership. The left has been putting pressure on insurance companies not to insure these uh, gun manufacturers. They've been going after banks saying that, you know, you're not going to get any subsidies from us if you financially back these um, uh, gun owner uh, stores and, and uh, manufacturers. They're going to continue to come at this from every angle possible to chip away as much as they can at the Second Amendment short of getting rid of it or uh, amending it because they just can't. They're not going to have enough votes to do it. I, I know that most Democrats, you know, they're going to play the game, so they're always going to vote for restrictive gun laws. But at the end of the day, they would need a supermajority uh, where they control completely uh, you have no say in the House, you have no say in the Senate, you have no say with the presidency, and you have a very liberal uh, so, uh, Supreme Court to be able to get something like that passed. You know, so they don't. They know as much as we know, which is that's not going to happen anytime soon, uh, if it ever happens at all. So they're just going to do what they can to slowly and surely chip away at it. That's what liberals, they, they don't like guns. I mean, at least the ones up in Washington, they don't. You know, And main objective, like I said, is it's about control. Uh, it's nothing more than that. Why do they hate that one particular item so much? You saw what happened in countries that don't have any ability to purchase firearms. You saw how they were treated during the pandemic. And you have no way to fight back against the government. The government controls you. When it was that time... And this pandemic came in, they they dropped the hammer and said, it's going to be this way. You're going to do it this way, period, the end. And you have nothing you can do about it. Australia uh, was probably the most shocking to me. I didn't think that they would do what they did to their people there. You know, I always thought Australia was a pretty laid back place and, and freedom was good. And you found out in the pandemic, uh, being run by the wrong person, Australia was was terrible. Um, the... the uh, New Zealand, huh. New Zealand, I mean, they shut, they would open up and shut the country back down because three people in the whole country, three people would get, would test positive and they'd shut everybody back down. I mean, they strip you of your freedom and you have no way to fight back. That's the only way they're able to achieve that. You can't achieve that when people have the ability to, uh, to fight back. You know, our system is a lot better. 
We were under the run. We, we were, at least during the worst part, you know, quote unquote, of the pandemic, we were being run by a sane person, Donald Trump, and he did not want to lock everybody down like that. Uh, he left it up to the governors. But then you really got a good insight into whether your state was being run by somebody that's a, that has uh, dictatorial tendencies. And uh, there was a lot of states that, you know, you had many Hitlers running all over the place that they wanted their state to run the way they wanted to. You know, California is one of the best examples of it. Gavin Newsom got caught outside all the time partying, Nancy Pelosi at hair salons while everybody else's businesses are crumbling. People are trapped in their houses because they're the elite and you're not. So with, with guns in place, things like that shouldn't happen. California... <laughs> Yeah, that's a liberal state, man. I, I guess, you know, funny, I, just a side story. You know, we, you try to warn people of things all the time. And, and I'm just talking about in your personal life. I'm not talking about politically. You know, I sound the alarm politically because I, I'm worried about the country and the condition we're in and where we're headed to. But you try to warn people all the time. And you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, don't go over that way. You don't want to drive that way. Or your car's not really behaving good. I wouldn't take that trip in the car. You're going to end up on the side of the road. And then it's going to cost you a lot more money because you're paying for a tow and the car. You try to warn people. But people are going to do what people do. So at a point, you have to wash your hands of it and just say, hey, you know, I said what I can say. You know, I don't control that person. And they're going to do whatever they do. And that's the way I have been feeling lately about liberal states. I look at people that are in New York and I look at people that are in California and I feel for the ones that would love to get out but financially can't get out. I feel for you. But the majority of the population in these states, you continue to vote for people that put these types of policies into place so you get what you get. And I can't sit here and go, oh, you know, it's terrible and I feel so bad. No, you live where you live and you get what you get. If you hate it that much, get out. There are plenty of red states. There's, you know, we're, we're probably pretty down the middle. I would say there's probably 26 red states, 24 blue states. Got a couple territories you can go to. Why don't you guys go somewhere where life, you know, if something ever came up like this again, which it better not. It better not for a hundred years. I don't want to hear nothing about another pandemic coming up because they know better. They know that everybody's going to be like, eh, what, what do you, just like what happened with monkeypox. You see, they couldn't do much with that because everybody's like, eh, yeah, whatever. We're not doing that again. So chances are it's not going to happen, but why not protect yourself? Uh, go into a place where, you know, here in Florida, our unemployment is back to pre-pandemic levels and it has been for a while. You know, we're not struggling down here the way you are in other states. We've bounced right back because we had a common sense governor that took a common sense approach to the pandemic and said, hey, it's about the people. I'm not going to go out of my way to destroy lives like a lot of these other dictators in blue states do. So why don't you move to a state like that? I'm sure you'll find a good job. I'm sure you'd be able to have a much happier life living in a place that agrees more with what you're politically aligned with. And then you could get away from these dictators that are running your states the way they are. Because if they get any excuse, they're going to they're gonna pull the trigger. Anything. It doesn't, we're at a point now where they saw how much you will tolerate. So they're itchy. They got trigger fingers now. They're itchy to pull the trigger on you. Anything pops up, they're ready to rock. So I would be careful. I mean... 
You don't think that the left's thinking the same thing we are? Why do you think there's certain governors calling for all Republicans to leave their states? Because then they know all the dummy liberals that still live there, they know, well, we can control all these people because they're a bunch of damn fools. We can tell them whatever we want to tell them. We'll make them do whatever we want them to do because the only ones fighting back are these damn annoying Republicans. So why don't you guys leave the states and leave us here to our own demise? I couldn't agree more with you. Hey, it is what it is, right? A place like New York where everybody visits the Big Apple, New York's the place to be. Do you think anybody's running to go to New York anymore? Everybody's running away from New York. Everybody's trying to go where freedom is, where we're going to go and we're going to have no restrictions and we can kick back on the beach or we can go out and do nice hikes in the mountains or we're going to do whatever we're going to do, but we're going to stay away from states that are going to restrict us where we can't have uh, be ourselves and have that freedom that has been given to us by a higher power. So... You know, I, I just, I can't feel bad for these people anymore because you vote for that type of crap. You apparently like it. All right, climate change. You know, taboo to talk about. Yeah, I was talking with Matt Clark, and if anybody knows who he is, uh, he was podcaster, doing more or less what I was doing. He was doing a good job. They snuffed him out in Facebook. He went a different route. He runs a, um, a news page. Uh, on Twitter right now that's doing very well. Me and him are trying to collaborate on some stuff. One of the big things that he fought it for as long as he was willing to fight it, but he's trying to do the same thing the rest of us are doing. You know, get some recognition, do this for a full-time job so you can focus all your time and energy onto one thing instead of having to split it all the time. Well, on Facebook, if you mention climate change or you mention anything about COVID, uh, they're quick to tag you and try to get rid of you. They don't like you saying anything about that. Me, I'm a little different. I don't really care what people think uh, or what these tech companies think or what they want me to or not to speak about. I'm going to say whatever I want to say and like it or not. Climate change. In an article by the uh, Wall Street Journal, Even with climate change, the world isn't doomed. Humanity has overcome far greater problems before and can do it again. Okay. Interesting article that they had on here. You got to be a subscriber if you'd like to uh, uh, check out the entire article. But if if you look at the cost of societal problems between 1900 and 2050 climate change between 2015 and 2021 the the percentage of the glo- of the global gdp they show you in a graph air pollution illiteracy sex discrimination disease uh, they they go through a gambit of things on here anyways if you go from 1900 where it was much more severe, especially conflicts, uh, that would be wars and whatnot. Air pollution in 1900 was much, much greater than it is today, and it's even anticipated to be less. Literacy, we're obviously much better. Disease, we have much more under control. Sex discrimination is pretty much non-existent at this point, unless you're somewhere where you just have a, a jackass that views things that way. But beyond that, sex discrimination is, is gone. Um, malnutrition, we've learned how to better take care of our bodies. Everything has come down to realistic levels. And they anticipate by, by 2050, 
air pollution to be at an all-time low. That is under current circumstances. You know, we don't slump and glump like we used to. You know, back in the days, I got I have a license um, for aquatic uh, vegetation where you spray aquatic things on the water. You get rid of any, any exotics. And uh, back in the days, I want to say it was called D12 or D- D12 or D or whatever the hell it was. There's a, t- a particular, um, there's a particular uh, type of uh, uh, exotic that's in the water system. It's uh, water lettuce. And it can, if I remember correctly, I think it can repopulate itself like up to 13 times a day. Um, so it, it's dropping and it's growing. It can choke out complete waterways. Back in the day, you know, they used to spray all kinds of chemicals that would fish kill and just, I mean, you want to talk about putting something bad in the water? Let's put it this way. They have documented that one way that they tried to get rid of water lettuce back in the day now, you know, you're talking, I think that was in the 50s or 60s. Don't hold me to it. If this is something you do for a living, you'll know better than I do. I'm just going off of remembering uh, from when I studied it. But they would pour diesel fuel into the water and set it on fire. Do you hear what I'm saying to you? <laughs> we would pour diesel fuel into a waterway in an effort to get rid of the water lettuce to be able to open up the canal. They would trench it out, which was useless because by the time you get back to where you start at, it was choked out again until they started getting some chemicals that were very easy on the environment, but they did the job and effectually killed it out. And then you just control it. You'll never eradicate it. You'll only ever control it. And we're, we're much better now. We're not slumping and glumping like they were back then. The same thing applies across the board in the United States. There is nothing that we have not on our own done to transition in a way that's acceptable to us, in a way that it's not hard, light bulbs. You go from your old-fashioned light bulbs to LED bulbs. You didn't have to force LED bulbs down anybody's throat. People bought them. They liked that the bulbs don't get hot. The lights are nice and bright. They last longer. So it was a good, solid product that everybody gravitated to because they liked it. You don't have to force anything down our throats. We will, naturally, I think most people want to be good stewards of their environment. I think most people look around and they want to preserve, especially if you are like me and you're more of a country person, you like to be out in the wilderness. I hate seeing trash on the side of the road. I actually go outside with my five-gallon Home Depot bucket and a picker, and I walk up and down my street and I pick trash up just because I don't want to see it on the road. Nobody's asking me to. I go out of my way to do that on my own time, and then I'll go do yard work or whatever in my house, but I'll go pick up trash myself from people that drive by, and if it flies out the bed of a truck or throw whatever it is, whatever the case may be, maybe the garbage truck's spilling away. Whatever it is doesn't matter to me. I don't want to see it there. I think we all naturally want to take care of the environment. So we're willing to transition to smarter things. Like if you can, out of the stacks of a manufacturing plant, you start putting in filters that purify what's coming out of the stacks so you're not just blowing all this crap into the air because we know we need, keep, we need to keep the air quality good. Most people are going to do that. We are so much better than we used to be. We're not doing what we used to do by far. But yet with this whole climate change scenario, they still want to cram it down your throat. You know what? 
I have actually, I have a uh, audio clip. I want you to hear this real quick. Listen to this and I'll get right back to it. Sustainable. What do you say to those families who say, listen, we can't afford to pay four eighty-five a gallon for months, if not years. This is just not sustainable. Well, what you heard from the president today was a clear articulation of the stakes. This is about the future of the liberal world order and we have to stand firm. So in other words, all the efforts that have already been made that I was just talking about, that we're doing so much better as as a society, that cars, gas mileage, you know, you have gas vehicles. I know for a fact, I drive older vehicles. I, I, I am the best example of understanding. For work, I drive modern vehicles because my job requires it, so I drive a, drive a, a vehicle from work. So let me tell you about gas mileage, okay? In Bertha, which is my 1987 uh, suburban that my wife drives and it's a diesel. Let me tell you about how many gallons, I mean, how many miles to the gallon I get in that hog. Okay. About eight to 12 miles a gallon. I can assure you right now on the newer truck that I have, that's diesel. I'm probably getting somewhere around 28 to 32 miles per gallon. These are strides forward that we've made. We're using less fuel. We're maximizing it. The cars are more aerodynamic, everything about them. Okay. You, we are doing better as a society, but that's not what they're focused on. If you listen very closely to what he had to say, in the end, that's what they're focused on. I'm going to play it one more time. So you listen to his response about what Joe Biden thinks. The question is irrelevant. The answer is where it's at. Well, what you heard from the president today was a clear articulation of the stakes. This is about the future of the liberal world order, and we have to stand firm. future of the liberal world order... So you see, it's not about you or me. And it's, as I've told you repeatedly, that they do not care about you. As he's asking him, you know, this is not sustainable, these gas prices for the average American family. And they can't wait years for this transition into this new green energy that they keep promising you. That's unimportant to them. What is important to them is their new liberal world order. They always show their hand. Climate change is about a world order. It's about a new liberal world order, as he said. It has nothing to do with the climate. I could find you 10 climate activists, and I can sure, I'm sure I can give you five that are on the liberal side and five that are on a more of a conservative side, and each of them will tell you one side is going to say, yes, the world's coming to an end, and the other side is going to say, no, the world is not coming to an end. Let's strip all that away from the equation. And let's just go with what we know. What we know is that we have been consistently doing better for our environment. Over the course of the last 70 years, all of these rules and regulations that have been put in place so that you're not slumping and glumping everywhere, so that we're making everything more energy efficient, washing machines, uh, uh, refrigerators, uh, water heaters, air conditioning units, Everything you do, even up to your detergents that you're using, they're trying to make them more efficient where you're using as little water as possible, but your clothes are just as clean as they were when you were using lots of water. Everything we have been doing, we have been moving towards uh, or moving in a direction where we are taking care of the planet. Is there still problems? Of course there is. We are not perfect by far, but... Our intentions are perfect because we are trying to do the best we can for our environment. And we, as people, are willing to help in the fight as long as it is presented to us and it is our choice. 
Things like, let me shove a brand new electric car right up your rear end and you're going to drive it whether you like it or not, that doesn't work for us. Uh, California, by the year 2035, they're saying they're going to outlaw all gas-powered vehicles. Two more states have jumped onto that, Massachusetts and Washington State. They're both claiming that by 2035, they are going to outlaw gas-powered vehicles in those states. They are forcing it on you. Whether you can afford it, whether you want it, whether you like it, does not matter. That is insignificant. They don't care about your feelings. It is about their new liberal world order. I know that we are conspiracy theorists. That's what they call us all the time, right? We're all, it's always a conspiracy. But what more could you show somebody than that? What more could you say they're taking away your right to choose and they're going to force you to purchase and act and behave as they want you to? You're going to do these things. That is a stripping of freedom. That's not a conspiracy. They're telling it to you themselves. I'm not making this up. I didn't find some wackadoodle website that has all these conspiracy theories and I'm throwing it out there. These are all name brand um, news outlets that I get everything that I get from. Whether it's a liberal news outlet or a conservative news outlet or somebody that's in between, which is hard to find nowadays, but or somebody that's more moderate. It's all there. They write it for themselves. I am just merely bringing it to people's attention. It's not me writing it. I'm not a journalist by, by far. Uh, I do commentary. I read and I speak. This is their words, not mine. The fact of the matter is it has nothing to do with the climate. It has nothing to do with anything except control. In three states, they're about to control your purchasing power. What are you allowed to buy? Only what we tell you you can buy. Now, as I said a minute ago, if you can't get out of those states, let's say financially, if you're in that position, I can assure you, you don't own a new car because you more than likely can't afford it. You're more concerned with putting food on the table every day. So you're probably driving a car that you just keep running. So when they outlaw your car and there's no more gas stations in 2035, what are you going to do? 2035, hell, an electric car right now costs 50, 60 grand. What's it going to cost in 2035? A hundred grand? You're going to have a hundred grand laying around to go and buy that car? You're going to be able to afford what it's going to cost you to uh, install the, uh, the electric charging system that you're going to need in your house to charge your vehicle? You're going to be able to afford your electric bill with how much extra electricity it's absorbing every day as you're charging this vehicle? Doesn't matter. That's where it's at. It does not matter because that is not what they care about. They don't care about you as a person, you as a consumer. They don't care about it. You will do what we say because this is our vision for the future and that is what it's going to be, period, the end. I would pay very close attention in November. Man, if you live in a blue state, you better do what's necessary to even if you can just get a hold of some of the smaller races, even in your local areas, if you could just you could just turn the seats and you could get some seats heading in the right direction, American-loving people, people that are against this takeover, people that love freedom, if you can even get a hold of the lower-level states, your local election, your school boards, do it. Because it's that important going into the future. It has to happen. Yeah. 
You're, yesterday I told you Joe Biden's promising in November that if they retain control of the Senate and the House, if they get a larger majority in the Senate, he is promising that they're going to get rid of guns, they're going to revisit Roe versus Wade, uh, that they're going to do the child tax, I mean the uh, yeah, child tax credit, and that they're going to make sure no election's ever stolen again, which I had a lot to say yesterday about that. These people have made up their minds. They're heading in a direction, and either you jump on or you get left behind. That's the way they're going. And if you don't share their vision, if you don't think that's the way it should be, if you like the old ways or you kind of like the way your life is right now, if you live in a good area where you like the fact that you could buy whatever little car you like or truck that you like, you like your diesel, you like your gasoline, that's your pride and joy, you like that. If these people gain complete control, all of our lives are going to change and they're not going to change for the better. They're going to change for the worse. So make sure that you do what is necessary to do in November and start flipping things around and getting us to uh, back on track to live in an America that we are comfortable in and that we know. Let's get together and do it. All right, Friday. Do not miss Friday's episode. I'm going to say this all week long. You're going to get tired by Friday. You might not even listen because of it, but I did have the opportunity to interview Connor Boyack. Please don't miss it. Author of The Tuttle Twins. Great interview there for Friday. You're not going to get my fun fat fact, but we can take a week off. That'll give me uh, time to do something stupid in between so I can make fun of myself. Uh, if you like what you're hearing, please rate and review me, especially on Apple Five Star. Leave a uh, review. It helps people find me. If you'd like to uh, uh, reach out to me, my mind was, was just jammed up there. Uh, go to my uh, website, littlejoecc.com. Go to the contact section. You can uh, send me a message. If you'd like to watch any videos I do, they are on the website, but you can also go to YouTube, Little Joe CC, and on Rumble, Little Joe's Conservative Corner. Beyond that, tomorrow is hump day. Let's get to it. <laughs> <laughs>